Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Yo, what's up, guys? You like our podcast? You want to make your own? You have all the power, all the resources you need to make your own podcast. That's right. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, let me give you a rundown. Basically, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. And here's how it works. Anchor lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or your computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to the most popular listening platforms, including Spotify with a single tap. Anchor is also the only place you can publish video podcasts to Spotify, which is super important. With Anchor, creators can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. That's right. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That is anchor.fm to get started. It's what we use. We get a little kickback from it, and we appreciate it. So if you guys want your own podcast, go to anchor.fm to get started. Peace. Welcome to the Anatomy of Marriage podcast. I'm your host, Melanie Studley. Hello, my name is Seth Studley. I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. And welcome back, y'all. It's been a long minute. It has been a long minute. We're really excited about what we're doing right now and what's going on. But before we dive into that, if you're new here, welcome. We have over 300 shows all about marriage and relationships. And this is real help for real couples. And it's something that we're passionate about. So we're glad that you're here with us. That's right. If it's related to marriage or relationships, we talk about it. Sex and intimacy, family of origin, communication styles, everything. All of it. And today what we're doing is we're re-releasing season one of our podcast, which is what started this whole thing. Yes. You know, and this is more than 300 episodes ago. So we're really excited about it because I remastered the whole thing because I've learned a lot of audio engineering since then. Mm -hmm. And um, we're also going to share our thoughts about the season one episodes. We're sharing the workbook. You can Mm -hmm. buy that on our website and work through that if you join our mastermind. So there's a whole thing going on around season one, the first 13 episodes of our show, and we're really, really excited about it. And um, we're going to play the episode for you right now. And when it's done, we're going to tell you the sort of our takeaways from listening back to season one, what it looks like to reflect on the things that we've learned in that season, and all of those things. That's right. And if you say, oh, I've already listened to season one, I got this stuff. No, you don't. I re-listened to it again, and I like made part of the podcast, right? And I learn stuff. As a therapist, I'll still learn stuff. You will learn stuff too and you'll pick up new nuggets of wisdom. So yeah. don't be shy. Listen to it again. Yeah. So if you've already heard it, we encourage you again. Listen again. You can join our mastermind. You can talk through the actual workbook with us. And speaking of the mastermind, can I just tell people what it's about? So we have an Anatomy of Marriage mastermind. It's like a deeper dive where couples join us on a live Zoom call. It's not like a Facebook or Instagram live where we're just talking to you. We are having conversations. We with see you. each other yeah with you it's a live phone call a live phone call and so far we've been talking about all kinds of stuff and people are getting a lot out of it and we're going to be going through each episode of the workbook 
answering questions, going through it. So if you want to take a deeper dive that's way cheaper than therapy, trust me, it's a monthly subscription service, and we have a weekly call where you get me and Melanie and other people one hour every single week plus email stuff. Yeah, so as we go through season one, just on our general podcast, we will also be doing it within the mastermind and we're really, really excited about it. So before we dive into the actual episode and how it's working, we want to give you a little update about what's going on in our lives right now. So if you're, if you listen to the show for a while, you know that we took a break, but that break was not because we like are doing something weird. It's just because we're moving and renovating a home, which is really hard to do. And we haven't had internet for a bajillion years, et cetera. So we've been literally like neck deep in flooring and re-roofing and drywall and painting and and caulking and and bulldozing and throwing literal dumpsters full of a hoarder's crap away. Oh boy. So it's been a really, really crazy season. Maybe we can talk about that even more at a later date of the things we're learning through that process. Mm -hmm. But that's why we've been on a pause. There's no real other reason other than just ain't no time to record a podcast when you're laying down floors. That's right. I'm glad to be back. I like this time. So, all right. Yeah. So let's dive into the show now. And we are just going to jump into the episode. All right. right. Enjoy. I live with my mom. It's my dad's fault that things are bad. He hits me and scares me. Sometimes he would follow me in school, and my mom would cry when I told her. My mommy and my daddy are the first. I never see my daddy. I love my daddy. You know, we use more natural family planning, and we talked a lot about like being open to God's blessings, and that's how we, I tried to look at it. This is Susie, a mother of six who is in her 30s and is walking through a divorce. That's how we have six kids. <sighs> anyway, because, and even, uh, you know, you hear all these trite phrases like, God won't give you anything that you can't handle. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All these things. And there's like, it's like this running track in your head. My name is Melanie, and my husband Seth and I set out to investigate marriage when ours almost failed seven years ago. Tell me the time when you told your mom that you wished I would cheat on you. That's me interviewing Seth about some of the lowest points in our marriage. You were just furious. and... And that's Seth. I remember I said, no, it's not mine, and you were yelling, and then you tried to kick me. You came around and, like, just punched me square, square in the face. Needless to say, this time in our lives was really, really terrible. We were on the brink of divorce and trying to hold on to each other while simultaneously pushing each other away. We wanted to heal and be happy, but we were so broken. We decided to do something a little unorthodox with the hope that we could save what little was left. We needed honesty. No more hiding, no more pretending things were okay. We needed to be fully real with ourselves and with each other. So we started by asking our married friends if their marriages were flawed like ours. And the answer was crazy. Yes, they were flawed. But people just weren't talking about it. We weren't alone. And we never had been. And that's where this podcast comes in. So sit back and get ready for a crazy journey into the world of trust, betrayal, and self-discovery in today's episode titled, I Would Rather Be Divorced. So hearing clips about how my husband wished that I would cheat on him is not the most flattering way to introduce a host. But hey, that's our story and that's where we start. 
As the season goes on, you're going to hear our entire story unfold in all of its messy glory, as well as stories from our married friends. Because like I said before, once Seth and I dropped the act and were serious with people about how bad our marriage was, stories of what real marriage was like started coming out of the woodwork. And so pretty much every interview in this season is from a person or a couple that we're friends with. We changed a few names here and there to protect privacy and also because it was just sort of funny. But back to Susie, the mother of six who you heard talking before. I have known her for at least 10 years and watched as her family grew from just her and her husband to a whopping family of eight, complete with a suburban. But it turns out there's a lot about Susie and her marriage that I didn't know. So how you were married for 12 years then? Yeah, November was 12 years, so 12 and a half. When, when did you first start to notice that things weren't maybe what you thought they were going to be? Oh, uh, well, let's see here. We got married in November 2003, so by about February. I remember that first year of marriage, we lived in this um, like mother-in-law apartment on some friend's property, and I remember some of the fights we used to have there, but I don't remember what they were about. I just remember like one of the things I kept saying was, this isn't about you, it's about me. Like I would tell him, you know, this hurt my feelings or I need this, and he would think I was criticizing him, and so then he would like defend himself and get upset say I was critical and and really all I was saying was I need this or I need that and so that was what it was like the first couple months. So right away Susie noticed that something felt off not quite right and so she did what she thought was best. She and her husband looked for a counselor but they weren't in a financial place to afford traditional counseling so they decided to go the church route. I just was really disappointed and confused and I remember like we did seek some counseling but was embarrassed to go to counseling with people he knew so we I sought counseling at a different church and the pastor was kind of like yeah 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 and he didn't seem very engaged I remember I think we only went to one maybe two sessions there so so let's get clinical for a second there were a few things that stood out to my husband Seth in this clip and I didn't mention this before but Seth is a licensed marriage and family therapist which is ironic considering the fact that this whole podcast is about our terrible marriage but whatever that's not the point so here's what Seth had to say It sounds like Susie is really suffering from a lack of reflective listening. Reflective listening, as described by Wikipedia, is a communication strategy involving two key steps, seeking to understand a speaker's idea, then offering the idea back to the speaker to confirm the idea has been understood correctly. And it sounds like her partner just, he would only perceive it as complaining, but all she really wanted was just someone to process it with, to feel understood and that makes me think of the concept of empathic understanding which is a way of listening to another person and responding that improves mutual comprehension and trust if we feel that our partner really has some empathy towards what we're feeling then we can feel like okay we're in this together and i'm not alone and it really sounds like susie thought that she was really alone in this because that lack of empathy But neither Susie or her husband knew about empathic understanding or reflective listening. They just knew that something wasn't right. And although they had found a church to receive counseling, it wasn't going well. So we we sought counsel then, and and then, and that was when I started finding pictures on our computer of the pornography. I found a picture, and I'll never forget, I found this picture, and when he got home from work that day, I asked him about it, and he lied to me. I feel deceived a lot. This is Leslie Vernick. Leslie Vernick, and I'm the author of seven books, but my most recent are The Emotionally Destructive Marriage and The Emotionally Destructive Relationship. 
In addition to being an author, Leslie holds a master's degree in clinical social work and in 2013 received the American Association of Christian Counselors Caregiver of the Year Award. She has been married to the same man for 38 years. I actually found out about Leslie while I was talking with Susie, and so I thought I would give her a call and get her thoughts on failing marriages. She shared some statements that come from her book, The Emotionally Destructive Marriage, that are designed to help people identify whether or not they are in a destructive marriage. I feel um, deceived a lot. Things are being whitewashed, minimizing, covering up. I don't know what's really going on. I'm not being told all the facts. Like he stood toe to toe with me. Here's Susie again. Looked me square in the eye and said, it's not mine. I don't know where it came from. I feel confused. Like every time I try to have a conversation with someone, the word twisting and I, I didn't do that when I know you did. And it didn't happen when I know it did. And I'm like, I'm like looking at him like, do you think I'm stupid? Like where else would it have come from? And you feel ignored or objectified. Like you're not a person to love, you're an object to use. Men say, I feel like a paycheck, or women say, I feel like a body. We were broke, had no money, we were five kids in one bedroom, and I was homeschooling, you know, and here I was pregnant number six. I feel like a mother. I'm not a person. And that can be really, really painful. You know, you hear all these trite phrases like, God won't give you anything that you can't handle. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. All these things, and there's like, it's like this running track in your head, and you just get up in the morning, and you're like, God said he's giving strength, and so you just put one foot in front of the other, and you do it, but not well, and I was depressed, and I was anxious, and I had panic attacks, and I drank a lot for a while there, like a lot. There was part of me that just shut off whatever needs and expectations I had. It was just like this whole, like half of me, I just... Turn down the volume. Their marriage was falling apart, but Susie really wanted to make it work. Who, with six children, doesn't want to make it work? We went to some counseling at church, and it didn't help. So in that following January, I actually like hopped the plane. Like I lost it, and, you know. And I think I had been on a couple rounds of antidepressants at that point. Like I said, pain pills whenever it was too much. There was a lot of stuff. The biggest issues, if you want to look at it from a global perspective, perceived threat, perceived neglect. Les Parrott is a PhD and professor of clinical psychology for Seattle Pacific University. His wife, Leslie, is a marriage and family therapist, and together they founded the Center for Relationship Development on the campus of SPU. Seth and I sat down with them and talked through some of these big ideas about failing marriages and what they've seen over the years. Perceived threat, perceived neglect. You can almost always attribute somebody's problems in marriage to one of those two reasons. It doesn't have to be reality, but it's the perception of somebody that is being overly controlling, demanding. Critical. Yep. Or perceived neglect, yeah. which is withdrawal. It doesn't feel like you're on my team. It doesn't feel like you're investing in this relationship. But you can mark it down. Every couple that is struggling in their marriage is struggling with one of those two perceptions or both of them. And we actually know the research bears that out, that when you feel that way in your relationship, you can count on that there's conflict. So did you catch the really important thing that Les said there? Doesn't that be reality? It doesn't even have to be real. It just has to be a perceived threat or a perceived neglect. So I can just feel like you are neglecting me, and then boom, we have conflict. That's huge. So back to Susie. 
one day her husband on a monday afternoon took the three-year-old to the grocery store with him like take him to the grocery store for that last minute dinner item and come right back kind of thing and i was like thank you for taking the baby well when he got back i realized he had not used the right car seat he'd used a booster seat instead of the five-point harness for a two-year-old and i was like dude that's not cool that really scares me please don't do that at which time he said i don't really think it's all that important and i said now listen i hear you your perspective but like listen to me when I say this is my child and I could never forgive you if anything happened it's important to me that we do everything we possibly can to protect our child well I don't think that and it was this back and forth thing and we wound up arguing about this for four hours one hour in the evening three hours the next morning and I told him he endangered my child and he called me disrespectful indifference in a marriage is really really painful this is Leslie Vernick again And when you marry someone, both people make promises, not just one, to love and to care for. And other areas, if you feel afraid, like you feel afraid for your safety. This was after like screaming in each other's faces with the children in the house, screaming in each other's faces. He would block me in a space, like I couldn't get around him. And he insisted I apologize for calling him disrespectful. And that was when I, that was it. That for me was, that was like the no. If you can't hear my heart, if you can't see my perspective about the safety of our child, my child, if you can't see me about that, then you will never see me. You're out. So, kick him out. In a final attempt to make their marriage work, Susie speaks to one last counselor. But this time, a question is set before her. He said, are you rebuilding or repairing? That's what my counselor asked me. And I think that's such a good question. If you were to look at your marriage and honestly say, are you going to rebuild it or are you going to repair it? And uh, I would say we'd we'd be starting with the foundation because, like, I'm a woman and I have a voice and I deserve to be respected in my opinion. We'd have to start there. And that to me is just not, I don't want to go all the way back there. And I would rather be single than treated like I would rather raise six kids by myself. I wanted to know Susie's thoughts about how she felt the church did or did not help her marriage. And this is what she said. Like, honestly, I want to slap the church. I do. I am so mad. Like, I'm devastated. Tell me the time when you told your mom that you wished I would cheat on you. Here's me and Seth again. So I would talk to my mom a lot about it, and this was after just months and months and probably years of of fighting that I was like, is this a wrong is this a wrong decision? I would rather be divorced than fight like this all the time and feel the way that I feel after a fight so you know I wasn't going to leave you or cheat but I was you know part of me was thinking like I I wish she would just cheat so I would have a reason to not be in the marriage anymore well hang on a second this is our producer and longtime friend Matt 
I, d- I didn't know this, but you're saying that you your fighting was so bad that you actually hoped that she would cheat on you so you'd have an excuse to leave, and you told your mom this. Yeah, I would talk to my mom often, and it, it wasn't like, oh, one fight was so bad. It was like the constant, just persistent, this is the, the water we're swimming in. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like every day was something. It was like there was many more bad days than good. Okay, so you guys are going to do this whole thing and roll tape and record yourselves and talk about all the crazy stuff in your marriage. Is that is that this is what we're going to do here? Yeah, that's the plan. We just we 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 knew that we had something here and we made it through. So how can we help other people because our story is kind of crazy and just well, uh, I don't even think our story is all that crazy. I mean, I think lots of couples have stories like this. You just don't hear about them. You think it's common that people have domestic violence, pornography issues, uh, yeah. things like that in their marriage. Maybe it is common, but it's not common for people to investigate it, change, and much less put it on air. Yeah. Right. Release that, right? right? Yeah. Like I said, first of all, I think it's very rare that people make it out of some of the stuff that you guys made it through. Mm-hmm. I think it's very rare, and I, I didn't predict that you would, to be honest. But why in the world, as you as a friend, uh-huh. didn't you say something? Yeah. Well, I mean, I tried. I mean, we would, we, would I would talk to Seth a lot of times when, when stuff was really rough for you guys, so all I knew to do was let him talk about it and say, give him... A, small advice here and listen mm-hmm. i don't know what else you can do like it doesn't help to set, to look at a marriage and go hey you guys are cruising for a bruising and so so where did you start you just started recording yourselves why'd you do that it was like an opportunity that we knew that we needed to do post like trauma because a lot of the stuff that we went through was trauma emotional and physical like to put some closure mm-hmm. on some stuff like debrief hey, debrief yeah you know it's just like hey we had this opportunity we got through it we didn't kill each other or ourselves um, we both want a stronger marriage. Let's let's go through these things together. But what exactly did we get through? Well, we're going to rewind for a second here and start at the beginning of our story so you can really understand what you're dealing with. We started out as strangers from opposite coasts, me from Seattle and Seth from South Carolina. We met at Starbucks where we were co-workers and friends, and a year later, after I broke up with my boyfriend, Seth and I started dating. Fast forward five months, and we're engaged, and then three months later, we're married! This is actual audio of my sister and I singing a duet at our wedding. And if you listen closely, you can hear the old mini VHS tape spooling from one side to the other as the video plays. But not long after we said our vows, things got messy. Like, this kind of messy. If that's your point of view, that's fine. I don't know. What are you talking about? What did I say? What did you hear? I heard what you said. I don't know if you did. Because it's like, I am trying to say, the same things that happened in the very beginning of our relationship are like the same things that you complain about now. And you're understanding them the same way as you always have. Again, I'm going to repeat what I said earlier. If I'm not understanding it, help me. Don't tell me I'm not understanding it. Why would you respond that way? Our relationship was crazy from day one. We were spontaneous and young. Seth was a drummer in an emo band, and I was a theater student at a liberal arts college. And right after we got engaged, Seth suddenly quit the band and decided that he wanted to become a marriage and family therapist. 
I blame Seth for all of our problems, and of course, I thought that nothing was ever my fault. If only he would listen to me, if only he understood me. As Seth's school progressed, things got busier and busier. I was working at a coffee shop, teaching theater classes, and pregnant. Seth was in school, doing internships, and worked two jobs. When graduation came, we already had a baby, and I was pregnant again. And then one night in March, it happened. We were watching a sermon online because it was too hard to take the one-year-old and the newborn to church. So we just watched online, and when it was over, Seth started acting super weird. I was holding tough, and he was asleep. This is us in the car again. And he was just, like, tiny, tiny. And, uh, and you turned the thing off and, like, said just you were, like, super weird. You got all, like sweaty kind of uncomfortable and we're like I have to tell you something and I was like what you know and you got down on the on your knees and I was like super confused and you grabbed my hand and then told me like you confessed and said that you had been looking at things that weren't appropriate or whatever and I just remember wanting to scream but I had this baby asleep on my chest and then another baby asleep in the other room and I threw the remote at you. All the times that I had asked you, do you struggle with this? Are you okay with this? All the opportunities that we had had in church and community group and with our friends for you to do the right thing and then you still chose the wrong thing, I knew that that affected our marriage so badly. It just made me want to explode. I was obviously extremely nervous and scared. I didn't know how you were going to take it. Um, I, uh, I didn't know what was going to happen after that. So, you know, my heart was beating fast. I was shaking. After I had told you, I remember you, you started crying, and I think you were asking why. And then you had a million questions. I knew in my heart that I had done the right thing by confessing. So this was what started it all. Seth's confession was what split the tiny cracks in our foundation into massive gaping wounds. Everything was raw and exposed. His confession probably took like one minute to execute, but it changed the course of our entire marriage. Divorce was now a word that I thought about many times a day. But as we started talking about divorce, we started thinking about the broader effects that it has. Who else divorce really impacts? Because it's definitely not just the people who are getting a divorce that get hurt by divorce. I was scared. This is Ella. She's 10. I was scared that everything was going to fall apart. I felt kind of afraid in a way. Like, I don't know. Her brother Cyrus, he's 15. It felt like I had to pick a side, too. You felt like you had to pick sides? Yes. I don't know, it was a while ago. Um, and Skylar, who just turned 20. I kind of saw it coming because they hadn't been getting along and, you know, frustrated with each other about having to move across the country. We never really knew why we had to move across the country. Just that we did. Kind of everything was up in the air. Pretty much still is everything that's up in the air. But, uh, so 
I don't, I didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. These three kids have just walked through their parents' divorce. And when I wanted to investigate a failing marriage, I wanted to know what it was like not only for a couple to get divorced, but I also wanted to know, how did the kids feel about it? If you had to describe the feelings of divorce, what would they feel like? Disappointment. Uh, anger, I think. We're just mad. Very disappointed. What would they feel like? Yeah. Throughout this interview, it jumps from one kid to the next. Skylar and Cyrus are a little bit hard to tell apart, but you get the idea. Um, bad? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Confusion, frustration, yeah, just general not understanding what's going on. Is there something that you would want me to know about divorce that you think I might not know? It's not fun. Why not? It's not fun. It's just not. You probably know this already, but it definitely affects kids so differently than it does parents. And even, like, just age differences. I don't know. It affects everyone different. Um, so do you think that divorce has changed you? Uh, I don't really know. Uh, I feel... I don't know. I don't really know. Change me? Yeah. Yeah. Big time. What ways do you think? Um, I feel I've been put in a much more responsible position in our family. I have to kind of act as dad a lot of the times while still, you know, not having any authority to do that. Mm. So it can be, uh, I don't know, it's yelled at for trying to help and then praised for trying to help and all at the same time. So our producer, Matt, does another podcast called Bad Christian Podcast, and we asked some of their listeners to send in emails with childhood memories of their parents getting divorced. Then we had children reenact some of those emails. My parents fight a lot and yell at each other. I can't make it stop. I try to fight too, but it doesn't help. It only makes me feel worse, and so then I just be quiet. My mom is great, but she can't be a dad. I don't like Christmas or Thanksgiving because they're just sad. My parents fight and I have to pick sides and I hate it. I live with my mom. It's my dad's fault that things are bad. He hits me and scares me. Sometimes he would follow me in school and my mom would cry when I told her. My mommy and my daddy are the first. I never see my daddy. I heard a lady at my baseball game tell another lady that my dad was going to leave my mom. I stopped playing baseball because it makes me too sad to play. I don't know how to learn the things that my dad is supposed to teach me. Like how do you get a job or buy a house? Or how do you figure it out where to go to college? I don't know what happens when people get in divorce. On TV, divorced people are crying a lot, so I'm really afraid of it. But I don't really know what it even means. My mom and me made a secret language that we made up, so I safe. I wish I could be with my daddy. I love my daddy. I don't see him anymore. 
I wish they could just be happy like my friends. Um, so what kind of advice would you give to someone listening who might be your age and might have parents going through the same thing? What do you think would be helpful for them to hear? To stay calm and not worry about it as much. Did you talk to anyone or, you know, meet with people at your school and talk about it? Yeah. It felt better than I thought it was going to. I thought talking to someone about it would make it worse. Oh, but it felt better? Yeah. Well, that seems like really good advice then, that sharing what you're feeling actually is helpful and, and maybe not as scary as it seems. Were you able to get speak to, like, a counselor at all about the divorce? Well, we talked to one for a while, but, like, I didn't think it really helped me that much. Um, what do you think would have been helpful or would be helpful now? I think the most helpful thing is to just realize that there's not really anything that you as, a, like, a kid can do about it. Like, it's not your fault. It's not really about you. I, it, I, th I feel like everything got better after I realized that, like, I wasn't the issue. Like, I wasn't the cause, and I couldn't really change the outcome either way. And I feel like that really helped more than anything else. How did you figure that out? Like, who did someone tell you that? I don't know. I kind of just came to that conclusion myself when, like, nothing I would do changed either way. Like, I, I could try to have a fight with someone, try to scream. That, that wouldn't help. And if I didn't say anything, that also wouldn't help. So. Yeah. How do you balance that then? Like, how do you still be you in the middle of that? without feeling like you're trying to take sides. You know what I mean? Like, how do you balance who you are? That's the hard part. And, like, you've got to hold on to, like, what you already are before any of the worst stuff happens. And just, like, keep that, like, essence of yourself. Um, if you had a friend whose parents were thinking about getting a divorce, what would you tell the parents? beforehand. Yeah? What would they need to think about? If it's going to be very necessary. What would I tell the parents? Yeah. Well, I don't, I don't really think there's one thing that you could tell everybody. It would really depend on the situation. Say, like, if things are bad and if they really don't look like they're going to get better, then yeah, you probably should get divorced. But, like, if there's a hope, then, like, maybe? I, I don't know. Make sure it's a, a last option. Don't just, because you're arguing and frustrated with each other, like, it takes a much larger toll on your kids than you'll ever realize. You're wary of that. You're ready for everything it brings, like a mom and dad talking to each other for a year at a time. It's not knowing where each parent stands with them, that sort of thing. What advice would you give to the kids of the parents that were going to get divorced? Stay calm. It's not the end of the world. I think it's going to get better either way. Like, if they work it out, it's going to get better. And if they get divorced, it'll get better, too. Good luck. I don't know. It's not your fault. Um, both of your parents love you. They just have different ways of showing it. And sometimes they're not able to show it. I don't know.
Hey guys, welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that show. I hope it brought up and like uh, taught you some things in there. For me, re-listening to the show was like kind of mind-blowing and it made me sad because it's all about divorce and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And uh, I, ha- I have a couple of notes. Can I read the notes? Yeah. Okay. Uh, first of all, I think that the the fact that people don't realize sometimes is marriage is actually really, really, really hard, mm-hmm. right? For us, it's like pushed us to the brink of craziness and brought us the greatest joy and brought us the greatest like hurt too, mm-hmm. you know, and it's all just a, a growth process. And um, back in the day, we didn't have anything like this. We didn't have anything close to yeah. like this when we were going through all of our stuff. So yeah, I want to talk about that for a second before we move on, because that is the reason we made this show mm-hmm. is that when we were going through all of this stuff, every time we looked for a resource or every time I looked for one anyway, it was like, this perfect couple is talking about how to love and respect each other. And you're like, mm-hmm. what? That is, I, I need something way different than that. Mm-hmm. I need like the, the, I need the marriage book on what to do when you hate your husband, but right. you don't want a divorce. Like, mm-hmm. where is that? Where and, is that? Yeah. yeah. And I think again, another thing that we, that I was not finding out there in all the resources and what our podcast does a really good job of doing is it starts with you. It doesn't start with like, Oh, your marriage is terrible. Okay, what's wrong with your wife? Yeah, it starts with introspection it starts and looking with within. You, yeah. Right? Like, okay, your family of origin. Like, tell me about the ways that you're really messed up and tell me about the ways you're awesome too. But it starts there, mm-hmm. right? And I never found anything like that. Yeah. And I think that's one of the most powerful things about yeah. our show. And I think another thing too is that so often, like in that sort of goody goody world of marriage resources, like mm-hmm. our marriage is perfect. Look at us on the beach. Here's our first Christmas. Here's mm-hmm. our, you know, whatever, like cutting our Christmas tree down. Like all of that kind of stuff to me is, it's great. It has mm-hmm. its place, but it doesn't do a ton of help to people who are going through the hard stuff of marriage. And um, what was frustrating, well. You know what it does? But- hold on. Hold- what? Well, no, like, okay, like all the great pictures and, um, you know, picturesque scenes that you're talking about is like, that doesn't help you at midnight on a Friday night when, you know, your wife is crying in the bathroom and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, great, I messed up big time mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see a Christmas tree getting cut down when I, you know, don't know what to do. Yeah. And I think that lack of authenticity, that lack of like, this is the real stuff that happens in marriage Mm -hmm. makes it even more, um, you feel less like a normal person. You Mm -hmm. feel like, well, I must be terrible because I'm going through all this and look, they're like have matching pajamas. (laughs) I don't know what's wrong with me. And so that to me is one of the things that's like, um, what, what I really value about our show and the feedback we've gotten now. I mean, this is, 300 plus episodes plus now we've million, spoken over 2 million downloads mm-hmm. yep now we've done speeching speeching speaking engagements we've <laughs> talked to our listeners in d- other states and other countries we get emails all the time mm-hmm. and the thing that people resonate with the most about our show is that we're actually talking about real things that people really go through right like husbands yelling at their wives about you know you need to apologize to me don't say i'm stupid i drove mm-hmm. the kid in the car seat i don't care right and, you know those are real things that happen all the time and they are not in your average marriage help book, but no, they are real. They are real. And of course we post like funny, nice things too, because we have fun, nice times. We mm-hmm. like each other. And also we share the really crappy hard times too, mm-hmm. because guess what? That's what relationships are. That's what marriages are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So let's talk about, you said you had notes, like what else stood out to you in the episode as you re-listened? Yeah. Well, one thing I just wanted to say that like, it's really, really good. Like 
the way that it's storyboarded and stuff. And I'm not just saying that to get points, whatever. It doesn't, that doesn't matter. But I'm like, oh, this is a good podcast. It's like, it hooks you in and Mm -hmm. it's interesting. Oh, and then it's helpful and entertaining too. Mm -hmm. It's like, so you did a really, really good job on like all of that, which I know I've said that before. I want to comment on that really quickly. I, I zero am kidding when I say this. I'm 100% being truthful. Mm-hmm. That It had to be God. <laughs> like that. This is the first audio project I've ever worked on. Right. Is this podcast. So zero to this. That's insanity. That well, is divine worked, intervention. Yeah. I mean, well, it's funny and, to listen back. And you back. worked really hard too. Yeah. I worked on it for like a year. Yeah. Um, so, months I mean, and months. Just, yeah. just the way that you laid the concepts out. I mean, you, you took something very complicated as family of origin and psychological concepts and all this stuff, therapeutic concepts, and you lay it out in ways that are really, really helpful. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's job. my whole goal. So I think thank your you. brain is like, and you can put puzzles together blindfolded with no ears. I don't know. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, I was reminded of the, the, the topics of reflective listening yeah. as well. And then empathic understanding and how important those are. And then uh, what less and Leslie Parrott hit on about the, um, perceived threat mm-hmm. and perceived neglect, neglect. Yeah. is you know i could look back through like all the the arguments or misunderstandings that we've had mm-hmm. and and trace them back to some of the well most of the concepts that we talk about but like per- perceived neglect like i remember in grad school i i talked about it's like okay our view our point of view our worldview is like relative to us mostly uh-huh. and it's kind of like you're, you know, a three-year-old kid who just dropped a sucker. Yeah. And I think I talk about this in one of the shows. Yeah, you, you do. You drop a, drop a sucker, it's like, oh, everything's bad. You know? mm-hmm. That's like perceived threat. I'm not going to get a sucker again mm-hmm. kind of thing. But obviously, it's more complicated in yeah. the, the marital relationship. But um, I want people to, and, and in the workbook, we will talk more mm-hmm. about this stuff, uh, what to do when I have a perceived threat from you. Mm-hmm. What to do when you have a perceived neglect from me. Uh-huh. Guess what? I empathically listen. Mm-hmm. And no, I empathically understand and reflectively listen to yeah. you to make sure that I'm attuning to you and vice versa. And then that kind of can dissolve perceived threat or neglect. Yeah. I think it's interesting too, because none of this stuff like really goes away as mm-hmm. your marriage gets better. It just changes and gets better. If that makes sense. As your marriage improves, perceived threat and perceived neglect don't go away. You just understand them more complexly and you go uh, like, for example, today, like I was trying to communicate yeah, with you today, like yeah. the, like the crap laying out in the yard to me feels like, and I know it is not actually this, mm-hmm. but it, feels to me like you are neglecting a love language of mine what's important to you what's important to me right but i'm aware enough i have enough self-awareness to be like he's not doing that on purpose Mm -hmm. but 10 years ago i might have been like he's the worst Mm -hmm. he's doing this because he hates me he's doing this because i you know whatever i'm not good enough or he blah 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 Mm -hmm. um but I, I do think it's interesting, and I wanted to just sort of say that, that these things mature as you mature. Well, that is a very good point, and I didn't know, I, I kind of wanted to talk about this, but I don't want to like get too deep into the weeds, but like, you know, we, we had 15 years of marriage this summer, right? Mm-hmm. And we do a podcast and all this obvious stuff, but the last couple of weeks have been really freaking super hard, not... And it's not just because like, oh, another 2 a.m. night working on the roof or whatever. It's like the culmination of stuff has been really, really overwhelming. And you're like, you know why the stuff is in the yard? Because I'm completely overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with everything else. And I know that you are too, right? And I say that we've been married 15 years to put it in like perspective for people. 
it's like these things don't go away. Mm-hmm. You either agree to work on them mm-hmm. and get better at them to deepen your relationship uh-huh. with yourself and your spouse, or you don't, and then you end up in a bad place, right? Yeah, and then it's like this. It would be like season one over and over and oh over and over, right? Yeah. You I, never. It's like you never learn. Yeah, and like even even today, you said um, knowing and not doing is not knowing at all, mm-hmm. right? And there are some areas that I I thought that I knew or think that I know, but I don't do. So I guess I really don't know, mm-hmm. but I'm open to understanding that mm-hmm. and growing about myself. I'm not saying like, you're crazy. I'm not going to do that. Who? Yeah. You know, I mean, sure. I've said those things when I'm like super heated, but like in my sound mind of thinking, it's like, you're okay. You're right. I do need more work. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And you would say that too. Oh yeah. I, I say that about myself often. Right. Like I am trying, I'm growing and changing. And I think reflecting back on, season one and looking at how far we've come in the years since making it Mm -hmm. and the years or the time that it's been of, you know, like now we do speaking engagements and, you know, working on all these different projects that we worked on. Mm -hmm. And it's like the thing that I sort of take away again is it's, it's like, um, seasons and stages of growth Mm -hmm. is really what Mm -hmm. we're looking at and what we're aiming for. There is no perfect, there is no done because tomorrow, I mean, here's a perfect example. We got this house. We knew we had to renovate it. We knew it was going to be really hard, but you know what we didn't know that there would Mm -hmm. be like a giant rat hole, like the size of half of a wall. I saw and that rat and I think you saw it too. And it looks like a baby possum. It's, it's not giant. a rat. It's, it's a like baby. a mammoth rat. It's so crazy. But anyway, like we didn't know that. And and what can prepare you for the extra cost, the extra stress, the extra the time. Yeah. All of the like you life doesn't tell you what it's going to do to you. It right. throws curveballs all the time and they could be in the form of great things like, Oh, you have a house that has a giant rat in it. Mm-hmm. Now what? But if you can think of like your growth in seasons and stages and to not think of, Oh, well this week we're happy we've arrived. Right. No, no, something bad is going to happen in a, not that something bad will happen, <laughs> but something hard will happen. Right. Something difficult, something that challenges you, something you weren't anticipating. And so it's that sort of, constant growth mm-hmm. and the ability to look at your own behaviors and uh, and i mean that's all of what season one is about yeah, is looking and, at your own behaviors and that's what it's been since then mm-hmm. honestly mm-hmm. one of the things i thought was really impactful was the interviews with children who had recently gone through divorce oh my goodness um, yes. and like having kids read the letters from I mean, we've got emails from those people. We mm-hmm. had, you know, we reached out to the Bad Christian Podcast who said, right. send us your divorce stories. Yeah. And then those people would listen to the podcast. They would hear their own story read through the voice of a 10-year-old or a mm-hmm. 7-year-old or a 2-year-old. And they were like, just destroyed. They're oh like, my oh goodness, my gosh. Yeah. I just like hearing a child say those things. And it really, I was like weeping when I was remastering yeah. it. I was just like a mess. Because it, I really don't think sometimes that... um that adults going through the pain and the sort of like that hardship of wanting a divorce understand the impact that it has on kids, mm-hmm. even when they went through it as a child. Right. And so I wanted, that was one of my main objectives with that whole session. And that whole part of the episode was I want kids to have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's so important for especially adults to remember if they went through a divorce as a child, what that felt like to them and kind of just sprinkle that perspective on there like no matter what it does impact wise i just think it's helpful yeah um 
No, hearing the kids' perspective on divorce, just just right there, uh, listening to that, and then obviously having three kids of our own, mm-hmm. like doing that or not being able to get our stuff together enough for the sake of the kids, yeah. knowing how damaging it could be, mm-hmm. is like my divorce repellent. Just right there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And we, it's know, like, we know these people. Everyone in the podcast are people we know. So like the, we see their lives unfolding and, and it's hard. It's very hard to watch. But yeah, I do think and, it's a powerful message. And, and on some level, like just that right there should be enough to make you go, okay, what am I doing? Unless mm-hmm. your spouse is just... Yeah, know. there's loads of reasons why I mean, divorce is, is an option. We yeah, talk so about it. Saying, it's not... We are never saying you should never get divorced. No, But we I'm just wanted to that. throw that idea in there right and i i i love how it turned out although i mean i cried so much when i made it yeah and when i remastered it It, it's really powerful and like honestly i'll be honest here like re-listening to it today and taking notes and seeing where we are now i mean we had had a couple of arguments recently it was really hard for me to listen to because it was like okay we're not we're not where we were Mm -hmm. three years ago but there are still things to work through. And like you said before, it's just like, you don't arrive, you just keep on going. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And you keep on going. And that is the the reward. And one of the really important things that when we were talking to our buddy, Matt, uh, he was like, so why did you do this? I mean, this is weird. So mm-hmm. like you're a therapist, you guys are crazy and almost got divorced. And, you decided to record it like almost kind of like not what's wrong with you, but what's wrong with you? Why would you do this kind of thing? Right. And you said something really profound or maybe I said it. I don't know. I think it was you actually. And you said, and I quote this in italics here in my notes is that, and you said, we knew we had something and we made it through. Mm -hmm. Right. So like we knew we had something, not just something to share and talk about and Mm -hmm. bear our souls in the podcast, but we knew like our marriage had something, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. what was that for you? Like, what was the thing that we had? Yeah. I mean, I go back to, I don't know if this made it into the podcast anywhere, if we've ever talked about it or not, but um, I remember feeling, and I and I think that this is a very common feeling, mm-hmm. especially in, because I actually, I know this is a common feeling because when we speak at events, Almost always we share our story and a young couple mm-hmm. in their 20s will come up to us or their early 30s and the wife will be sobbing and the husband will be standing there looking like, you know, he hates his own life because he's made a huge mess and the wife will be telling me, I just love him so much. I can't believe he did this. Why did this happen? I don't know what to do. I don't want to get divorced, but I hate my husband. Mm-hmm. And so I remember that same exact feeling. Why did you do this? I love him so much. I don't want to get divorced. What do I do? But the thing that kind of was the like the two or three really main things that I felt like we had or were sort of tying us together was one that I really did love you. Like mm-hmm. I you're my best friend. It's fun to hang out with you. Things are fun when we're both being good and kind and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um that sort of the magic of our relationship, that spark that we have, the I only want to be with you kind of feelings that we have for each other to mm-hmm. me were like, how can I just throw that away? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, this is hard, but how can I just be like, nah, I'll find someone else. Mm-hmm. I just didn't, th- that to me was the thing that was like, 
this person, when I can step back, even though I'm in so much pain, when I step back and I think of you as a dad, Mm -hmm. you as a future father to my kids, no matter what we choose, you as like, would you not be in the house I'm in anymore? Would we Mm -hmm. not have the same car keys? Would we Mm -hmm. not share a toothbrush? Like, really? I don't, I don't want to lose all that just because this is a hard season right now. So Mm -hmm. I don't, did that make sense or was that weird? No. Um, Because to me, that's what it felt like. I was like, I really love him. Also, I am incredibly hurt, Mm -hmm. but I love him. And it's weird, like the dichotomy of feeling something so like, opposed to we to one another yeah you know what I'm saying? oh like, and i see it on every wife's every young wife's face they come up and you you know exactly what they're gonna say right. and it's so devastating because they're usually trying to smile at you while their eyes are just literally pouring out tears and they're right. trying to smile and they're trying to talk and their husband's like two and a half feet behind them just looking at you yeah and it is absolutely heartbreaking and they're like what do i do how do you do this how do you want to touch them again how do you want to love them like how do you talk you know and it's just so heartbreaking but it is it's that it's that heartbreak of like i thought marriage would be this way Mm -hmm. and it isn't but i'm still in love with this person what do i do then then we have our own confusing thoughts Mm -hmm. now i get to answer the question that i ask you like we knew that we had something and that we wanted to share it, right? And I I know that when I was dating you, before we were engaged, before we were married, like people were asking me, because I was talking about engagement, and I was just like, why wouldn't I marry her? Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like, I don't know, this girl likes me, let's go. It wasn't like that at all. It was like, I thought about it and thought about it and overthought it and overthought it and thought of all the reasons why I shouldn't. But that completely outweighed why i should because like maybe it was divine as well you know Mm -hmm. and it was just like it's there and part of my like soul spirit knew you would make me a better person and i would grow and i would help you grow kind of thing you know Mm -hmm. it was like magnetism in that way kind of thing and was like no it's divorce is is was not a good idea for Mm -hmm. us so we've talked a little bit about like how we have felt about it re-listening to it and i'm excited to get into all of the episodes because i mean i absolutely love i love season one it is like my baby i loved it so much making it it was such an amazing experience to talk to so many amazing people and get all this wisdom And uh, we want, like we said in the beginning, we wanted to have this be a really helpful podcast, not just like, it's Mm -hmm. a fun thing to listen to. Like, no, our whole goal is to make the tools and the resources that we wish we had had when we were going through all of this crap. That's why we recorded real fights. That's why we talk about everything we talk about. We don't leave any stones unturned. We haven't in all 300 episodes because this stuff really matters to us. And so again, I'm just going to reiterate, you can follow along in our workbook, our season one workbook. It's the best marriage workbook ever. If you go to our website, anatomyofmarriage.com. That's the literal name of it. That's the literal name of it. (laughs) Right. It's it's the um, marriage podcast and workbook. And it's a real thing. Um, And you can buy that on our website. mm -hmm. You can join our mastermind and work through that with us in real life as we talk through each chapter. We answer the questions, Seth and I, each other. We talk about the questions with our group members, our mastermind members. And we're going to be starting that. It's going to follow along with each episode. And um, we're just really excited that you're here to join this party. And we really want you to share the show with your friends. Like We want this experience to be something that everyone can go through. Everyone can work on together. Um, Y'all can do 
a community group, a marriage, do it in your small marriage groups, like mm. do it in your big marriage groups. I don't care. Red, do it yeah. in your medium sized marriage groups. Yeah. If you guys have any questions or anything, email us at hello at anatomyofmarriage.com. Follow us on Instagram and also Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, and we want to say a really huge shout out and thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, everyone who supports our show. This show is made possible by you. You help make it happen. You help, I mean, literally pay for our equipment, the time that it takes to edit the show, all of these things. We just are so thankful for our listeners. We're so thankful for our supporters. Our community is really amazing. Except some of y'all have been uh, flipping out on Facebook. Get yourselves handled, mm-hmm. please. Don't make us come and give some spankings. And moderate. And moderate yourself. Loves, folks. Um, uh, another thing, I know there's a lot of call to action, but we will be speaking at a marriage conference in Louisville, Kentucky. Louisville. Louisville, Kentucky on February 8th, I believe. It's at a church. It's in Louisville. Email us if you want more information. And then also, we will be speaking in Atlanta, mm-hmm. hot Atlanta, Georgia at uh, the Love Hour Conference. Mm-hmm. And that will be freaking red. And then we're going to Kansas City in 2021 to speak at a big church too. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we're really awesome. excited about this new season of our lives and this new season of our podcast as we reflect back on the actual season one of our show. Mm-hmm. And again, this is something that is just so near and dear to our hearts. We're currently working on kind of stepping into this new phase and what it means to us and how we can be even more helpful to our listeners, even more helpful to couples and families and marriages, because I swear to you, y'all, when Mm. you change a marriage, you change the world. If you can give one couple a healthy, happy chance at a marriage, you impact their children, you impact cousins and brothers and sisters, and you impact communities. I can't, I mean, I just am so passionate about it. So Buy your kids this workbook if you really love them. (laughs) Your your adult kids. (laughs) Right. Um, But yes, so thank you again. We hope you enjoyed episode one. We'll be back with episode two soon. We're going to do the same format where we talk about what we thought about the episode. And again, share the show. Visit anatomyofmarriage.com to buy that workbook. Or you can join our mastermind. You'll get the workbook for free. And you can work through the workbook with us in Mm. real time on real calls that you can go back and watch. We'll be talking to you about the things that you are going through. So please go get those resources. Please go go... uh, Go to the please, go, go. please go to anatomyofmarriage.com, check it out, the workbook and the mastermind classes, courses. That's right. And thank you so much for listening and All have right. an amazing day. It's good to be back, guys. Right. See ya. Bye.